Christ, the Son of God, he came and he lived a holy life, a life we could not and would not live. He died on the cross to pay for our sin. And on the third day, he was raised. Jesus Christ is alive. Amen. Amen. And what, praise his name. You know, and, and what he's brought for us is a new way of life. And, and this way of life, it, it really, it begins on this day, the Lord's Day. Every Sunday is the Lord's Day. It's just not on Easter Sunday when we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's every Sunday. And so you need to be a part of a gathered church every Sunday, where, whatever church that may be, so long as it's a Bible-teaching, gospel-believing church. Gather with a local church every single Sunday and celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ and do it with the life he gives. Remember what Jesus said in John 10, 10. He said that the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. Our world is filled with so much death, so much pain. And that's because of our enemy. But what has Jesus brought? I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. It's an eternal life. It's an abundant life. Understand, we often think eternal life in terms of quantity. Please understand Every person, every person ever conceived has eternal life. You are going to live forever some way. What Jesus has come to do is to make it quantitatively wonderful. See, if, if you don't know Christ, if Christ is not in your life, let me tell you what you're missing. You're missing eternal love manifest in Christ. You're, you're, you're living with your soul empty because nothing can fill it other than God himself. You were made for God. And because of our sin, we've been separated from God. But what Christ did is he removed that barrier of separation because Christ has paid the penalty for our sins. We now can be forgiven. We can be made holy because Christ comes to live in us because he is alive. And this is a new life. It's an abounding life. And it begins and it ends with a miracle. Eternal life begins and ends with a miracle. First of all, new birth is a miracle. Everyone in here who is genuinely saved, you were once dead. You were spiritually dead to God, but you were made alive by the Holy Spirit of God. Many of you can remember that season of life where you came under deep conviction. You can remember what it is to, to go from not believing to believing. Some of you were raised in church and maybe you don't remember the exact moment, but here's what you know. You know you believe the gospel. And that happens by the power of the Holy Spirit. And, and, and because you believe that, there's another miracle that's coming. It's the miracle that will happen at the end. Being bodily raised from the grave is a miracle. And Christ experienced it. And everyone who repents and believes the gospel, we have his life in us. And so that abundant, abounding precious, powerful, love-filled, grace-filled, holy life is going to live in us forever. And Easter, Easter's the proof. This isn't something we made up. This is a historical reality. What Christ has done is true and real. And what is happening in the lives of those who believe, there's no other way except to praise the Lord for it. Because Christ has accomplished what he said he would do, we can know he's God we can know our sin is forgiven and we can know that he's coming again. One of the things I love about this season of the year is it appears that the cold is almost over. Of course, we live in Kentucky, so it's liable to snow next week. Don't, 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 don't hold that against me. But, you know, one of the things I love about is like what was, what was seemingly dead, there's now life coming out. And, and that life is pointing to the warmth of, of some summer days that are on their way. 
That reminds me so much of what Christ has done. Where there was death, there's now life. And what will one day be is the warmth of the presence of God forever and ever. Amen? And because of that life, because of that love, because of that hope, we can, we can live out what it says in 1 Corinthians 15, 58. We can be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. Friends, that's what our, te our text today teaches us. If you've got your Bible, and I hope that you do, let's go to 1 Corinthians 15. 1 Corinthians 15, this is, the, this is the resurrection chapter of the Bible. On this Lord's Day, let me encourage you to take some time and sit down and read the entire chapter of 1 Corinthians 15 that goes into detail of the resurrection that we won't have time to cover today. We're going to look at those last eight verses. And so Jackson's going to read for us. So let's all stand together in honor of God's word. Again, we're in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 1 Corinthians 15, and uh, Jackson's going to read for us verses 50 through 58. Go ahead, Jackson. I tell you this, brothers, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does perishable inherit the imperishable. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not sleep, we shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed in a moment of a twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised and perishable, and we shall be changed. For the perishable body must put on imperishable, and the mortal body must put on immortality. When the perishable puts on imperishable, and the mortal puts on immortality, then shall come to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks to be God, who gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ, therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that the Lord, your labor is not in vain. The grass withers and the flower falls, but the word of the Lord remains forever. Amen. Amen. Let's hear it for Jackson. Well done, buddy. If you would, go ahead and be seated and pray now for the preaching of God's word. Now, this book, this book of the Bible known as 1 Corinthians, it was actually a letter that was written under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. All Scripture is God-breathed. And so the Spirit of God inspired the Apostle Paul to write to the church that was gathered there in Corinth. And, and if you read 1 and 2 Corinthians, what you realize is that that was a very sad, a very sick society. And it reminds me very much of our Western culture, uh, of what we, have, uh, what we have fallen into, what we've degraded in. Into. And, and it reminds me that our, our God is a God who's still bringing new life. He was in that day. He is in our day. And this book, this letter is an encouragement to us. The Apostle Paul was writing to the, uh, the early church there, encouraging them with the eternal life that is theirs. What, what we've been studying this year is life in the kingdom of God. When Jesus Christ came, he brought the kingdom. When Christ died and was raised, he brought new life. And this life is now life in the kingdom of God. It's life under the rule and reign of Jesus, which means there are benefits. There are significant benefits that our scripture reveals today that come with being a citizen of the kingdom of God. I want to share those with you. If, you've, if you can remember, remember them, if you can, write them down. There are three things to, to take from this text. One is this. The eternal benefit of the kingdom of God is the change, is the change that Jesus brings. 
There is a transformation that occurs because of the presence of Jesus in a, in a born-again believer's life. Now, when I read this text, I, I always chuckle to myself because of verse 51. Look, look at verse 51 real quick. It doesn't seem funny at first, but, but let me show you this picture. Some of you parents can get this. You identify with this. Listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed. Some, some of you young moms and dads, you, you get that, you know, you're thinking, that ain't funny, y'all. I ain't sleeping. This is not, you know, and that one always does need change. There's a lot of change that's going on in our, our household. Can I just pause? That is not what this text is teaching. <laughs> this is not about child raising, not about babies, okay? So what is it about? I put this on the screen so you can know for certain. This passage is telling us plainly that the eternal benefit of the kingdom of God is a supernatural change. It is a divine change. It's a change that only God could bring about that takes place, look at this, by the power of God and not by the best efforts of people. Friends, we can't bring the change about necessary for us to have access to God and be received into his heaven. You know, I, I, I tell you about my dog, Charlie, pretty often because he's, he, he's, pretty, he's pretty funny, but he's pretty entitled in his own mind. And I believe that he believes that, that, that I've got powers that, that I really don't have. Let me, this list last week, he's been pouting a lot. And I'll tell you why, it's because it's been raining. Now, he's never been so happy as the past few days with all this great weather. But on Tuesday, here's what I was looking at on Tuesday evening as I was reading. Here's what it is. Charlie looks outside. He looks outside and it's raining. And then the middle picture, he looks at me. And you know what he's saying? Boss, make it change. Get to work. I don't even know why you're sitting here. Let's go. Get to work. You're the man. And I explained to him, Charlie, I can't change the weather. There's a lot of things I can do. I can't change the weather. So what he does, he falls to the ground. I don't mean he lays down. I mean, it's like he's been shot. He falls to the ground. And then he looks at me, he lays his head down, and he does this. He goes, <gasps> And he's pouting. He's pouting because I can't change the weather. Listen, there's a lot of things that human beings can do. But there's, there's two things for certain we cannot do. We can't change the weather and we can't change ourselves in such a way that we would be acceptable to God. Now, I know some of you don't believe me. You're like Charlie, you don't believe me. You need to understand something. You can't bring about the change in your life through anything that you would do to make yourself acceptable to God. There's only one way that your life can be changed. There's only one way that you can have this eternal life. It's, 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 really, it's, it's really written out plainly in Romans chapter 10. I want you to read uh, the last section of each sentence with me. It says, because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, read with me, you, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is what? Saved. Trusting in Jesus changes who we are. And this change is just the first of many changes. This first change is a supernatural, miraculous change wrought by the power of the Holy Spirit as we are born again and as we gain new life and we become a new creation. And that new creation is an announcement that there's another change that's coming. Look at verses 52 and 53. It says, in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the, trump, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable and we shall be changed for this perishable body must put on the imperishable and this mortal body put on immortality. 
there's going to be a cataclysmic event in human history on this planet. And it is described in detail in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Look at this. Look at this description of this trumpet sound of this miraculous moment when Christ is going to return. This is 1 Thessalonians 4 beginning in verse 16. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of an archangel, and with the sound of the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. Notice what's going to happen. There's going to be a massive sound like a trumpet as the archangel of God shouts out of the coming victory of Jesus Christ. And what will appear to be as clouds, these are, these are going to be the souls of the saints who have already gone to be with the Lord. Right now, in the presence of God, are all the souls of the saints who have believed in Jesus Christ, along with all the angels. And when that trumpet is sound, when that archangel cries out, all of the souls of the saints will descend upon this planet, and it will, it will cover the planet. And then something even crazier is going to happen. Their dead bodies will become like the resurrected body of Jesus Christ. Their dead bodies, wherever they are, are going to be raised imperishable. They will be raised and they will never get sick again. They will never weep. They will never die. They will always be rejoicing. And so this new body, resurrected body, like the body of Jesus that has been raised, will then again hold that soul. And then we who are left... We will be raised. Our bodies will be transformed in the same type of body as the body of the resurrected Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And we will be raised. And then we will be with the Lord forever as he brings about his new heaven and new earth. This is the change that only God can bring. This is the provision that we celebrate at Easter because Christ has come, because he has died, and because he has been raised. We can have new life. We can be changed. And the change that is to come is the greatest change yet. It is the ultimate victory. And that's the second thing I would encourage you to note. The eternal benefit of the kingdom of God is the victory, the victory that Jesus won. I love that last part of verse 54. It's probably indented in, in, your, in your scriptures there. This is just great trash talking. If you love good trash talking, you'll love this. Again, this is, the, this is God mocking the devil and death. Death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where's your victory? Oh, death. Where is your sting? Christ has brought the victory so that we now, we now are free from the punishment and the power of sin. And, and we get to experience this victory in Christ and with Christ. You know, I, I believe, I believe, personally, I believe that the greatest victories are the ones that happen when no one thinks they can. You know, I, I don't, you may not be a, a basketball fan, but let me remind you, you are in Kentucky, so you should be. But there was a basketball team that I don't know that I'll ever forget. One, because of their mascot, but also because of the way they won. How many of you guys, St. Peter's Peacocks, you now know who this is? All the Kentucky fans are like, yeah, what about it? Why don't you quit talking about it? Well, you know, these guys, 99% of the people that presented brackets said they had no chance of winning. No chance of winning. 
And, and, and so when they beat all the teams that they beat, that's why many of us became fans. I had a lot of Kentucky fans say, you know, it made me mad, but I became a fan of theirs. You know what? I'm not proud of the mascot. They need to really rethink that. But I mean, that, that's, that, that was an awesome thing. Why? What made it so great? When it seemed impossible and then it happened, it was miraculous in the minds of some. No way this happens. You know what they were thinking when Jesus died? It's done. Friends, don't think for a moment that on that Sunday morning that the disciples were like, ooh, let's go to the grave and see that Jesus has been raised. You read the Bible, that's not what was happening. Mary went there not expecting to, to find the miracle, the resurrection. She went there to, to, to find the body of Jesus dead. See, what happened was the impossible what happened was that the greatest victory of all time, that no way this could happen. Everyone thought he had lost. He had been crucified. There was no chance. But the victory has been won. Amen? Jesus has been raised. Amen? Jesus is alive. Now, friends, I, I know some of you are sitting here and you're thinking the way I was thinking several years at an, ago at an Easter service. I was thinking, what this happened so long ago this is not this is not real i mean come on get serious a dead man raised get serious all these people are with god in heaven and they're going to come back and their bodies are going to come on friends I, I have found significant proof in why we should believe this one is because of what the scripture says you're there in first corinthians 15 look at this proof go down go back to verse 3 this is compelling. It's compelling to me. It says in verse 3, the Apostle Paul writing to the same church, For I deliver to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures, that He was buried, that He was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures. What happened had been promised by the Scriptures. What occurred in the, in the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ was not a surprise to anyone who knew the Bible. The Bible was very clear. The Scriptures spoke to this. So he was raised, look at verse five. And that he appeared to Cephas, that is Peter, and then to the 12. But look at verse six, this is compelling. Then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive. I underlined that in my Bible. He was making a very important point there. You know what he was saying? If you don't believe me, go ask them. If you doubt the veracity of this claim, Many of them are still alive and they can tell you that this is true. As a matter of fact, many of them that weren't alive were killed because they would not denounce what they believed. Many of them had been martyred. Many of them had been stoned. Many of them ha had lost their property because they refused to deny the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Friends, you don't die for a lie. No, 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 no. You only die for the truth. And someone that helped me tremendously come to terms with this is a man by the name of Charles Colson or Chuck Colson, as you may know him. He was involved in Watergate. He was the hatchet man of Richard Nixon's campaign during that in entire uh, political debacle. Now, look what he wrote. This, this comes from his biography. It's called Born Again. I highly recommend. It is a great read. The biography is Born Again. Look what he wrote. He said, I know the resurrection is a fact and Watergate proved it to me. How? Because 12 men testified they had seen Jesus raised from the dead. Then they proclaimed that, that truth for 40 years, never once denying it. Everyone was beaten, tortured, stoned, and put in prison. 
they would not have endured if it weren't true. Watergate embroiled 12 of the most powerful men in the world, and they couldn't keep alive for three weeks. You're telling me 12 apostles could keep alive for 40 years? Absolutely impossible. Friends, the resurrection is a fact. Jesus Christ died, and on the third day, he was raised, and he is alive. And now all of us who, who believe this, we're not afraid of death anymore. We have no fear. As a matter of fact, we know that to, 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 to die, there's a great benefit in it. This is what the scripture says. This is 2 Corinthians 5, beginning in verse 6. So we are always of good courage. Why? We know that while we're at home in the body, we're away from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Yes, we are of good courage, and we would rather be away from the body than at home with the Lord. Why? Because to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. While we're here, yes, the, the, Jesus is with us through the power of the Holy Spirit. But, but once our soul enters heaven and we're in the presence of God, we are forever free. No more embroilments with sickness or pain or disappointment or death. There's life, life eternal, the, the, not just quantitatively, qualitatively, this glorious gift of life. And, and listen, none of, us want, none of us looks forward to the process of death. That, I, I get fearing that. I fear the process of the pain uh, of death, as I imagine a, a, a mother would fear the, the process of labor pains to, to give birth to a child. But oh, the blessing of that child and oh, the blessing of this eternal life that is ours because of the, the victory that Jesus has won. And friends, that's our hope. And that's the third thing I would encourage you to write down and remember. The eternal benefit of the kingdom of God is the hope. The hope that Jesus gives. What, what we have is a change and a victory that produces this hope. And, and here's our hope. I hold to this more and more as the days go by. Here's my hope and my gladness. This broken, dirty, hurting world is not my home. My home is in heaven with my Lord. One of my favorite things that Jesus ever said, and I would, I would, I would encourage you to memorize this. This is John chapter 14, verses one through three. Listen what Jesus said to his disciples just before he left them. He said, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And I love this. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. Jesus promised that he was going to be raised. He also promised that he was going to return. Jesus has been raised. My friends, he is going to return. And when he returns, all those who have this eternal life, all those who have Christ as their Lord and Savior, living this, this qualitative life in Christ, are going to receive a great reward. And it's more than just heaven itself. There, there is this, this blessing that comes because we were willing to be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that, the Lord, uh, that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. Friends, you, you, have, you have some very significant things at your disposal. You have time. You have resources. And you have energy. What are you doing with your time, 
your resources, and your energy. What matters most to you? Look where you spend your money. Look where you spend your time. Look what, what you worry about before you go to bed. Look, look at the things that consume your thoughts. What's most important to you? Friends, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, the most important thing needs to be the reward you anticipate in heaven. Listen, what, what the, again, this is 2 Corinthians 5, beginning in verse 9. So whether we are at home or away, we make it our aim to please him. Why? Verse 10, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. For those of us who've repented and believed the gospel, we will stand before the Lord and we will not be held liable or accountable for our sin. That's paid for. What we will be liable and accountable for is what we did with our time, our resources, and our energy. You know what Jesus said in Matthew 6, beginning in verse 19? Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Let me ask you a question. Where's your heart? Where's your heart? Where's your treasure? Is it on this planet that is decaying and dying and will be lost to you? Friends, don't put your heart into something you cannot keep. Put your heart and make your treasure that which you can never lose, which is your Savior and His kingdom and the reward that is awaiting. And we, and we can't even imagine. I, I can't even describe to you this reward. It says so in Scripture, 1 Corinthians 2.9, but as it is written, what no eye has seen nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him. We can't imagine how great it is. It is that awesome. Friends, let me ask you, do you have eternal life? Is Jesus Christ alive in you because you believe? Have you made public profession of that through your baptism? Have you announced it? And are you now living in the freedom that he brings, the hope that he brings, the victory he has brought, and the change that comes with his love and presence in your life? Friends, if you have not, I want to encourage you to see me or someone before, we leave, before you leave today. We're going to sing some songs of praise, and we're going to celebrate his great grace. If you have abandoned that grace, return to the, to the Lord. If you've not been faithful, repent. And as a matter of fact, while we're singing, feel free to come and get on your knees before God and begin to pray. Ask God to do a great miracle in your life. He is in the business of doing miracles. Let's stand together and let's pray. Father God, you are a, a mighty God and, and there is none like you. You have done what we could not and would not do. You lived a holy life because you are God. You died an atoning death, meaning that, that you paid the full penalty for our sin. And then on the third day, to prove that you had and to prove that, that you are God, you have been raised and you're going to one day return. Lord, bless us to believe that. Lead us to live in light of that. Make us a people who celebrate every Sunday that truth and then go out and proclaim it Monday through Saturday. Oh, Lord Jesus, we are so grateful for the last words that you said on that cross. You said, tetelestai. Translation meaning, it is finished. Everything needed for us to be forgiven of our sin 
has been done. Everything for us to have eternal, abounding life, abounding life has been done. It is finished. And so Lord Jesus, on your day, the Lord's day, Easter Sunday, we praise you.